0: Hey, what's up? It's official. I did move. It's weird when you buy a one-way ticket and then you live in a hotel. So that's kind of my deal. I'll give you a little life update, a little story time from the West Coast. I've been here six days, and I'm in a panic, hoping I get this tape and finished before traffic hits. Because I went up to tape with Simmons and The Ringer, hung out their studios. It was great seeing everybody. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And then he looked. He goes, you're not going to be fine. So then we hung out for like another hour. And it took me 140 to get home because I don't know how it works. I don't know how any of this stuff works. But I was still able to with a birthday celebration weekend. uh went to go see Sarah Walsh and her lovely husband, Matt Bushman. Um, this weekend in Coronado, which was really great. Second time I've gone there. So Amino Hassan's going to join us. We're going to play this game uh, where I'm going to offer him up trades for Kawhi Leonard because no teams that I talk to think that Kawhi or agents think is going to ever play for the Spurs again, and that means a lot of teams are on this. And I mentioned the Cleveland angle. I think there are other teams that are seriously going to be kicking the tires on this. But I was glad that Windhorse actually said how Kawhi could be tied to Cleveland's future with LeBron James because this is all sauced material kid. First off, though, Harden. That was stupid, again. It was so much fun. And I want Cerruti to jump in here. And I say it's so much fun because, I don't know, to see somebody drop 44 points like that and take a total of 26 shots, and it wasn't like it was some crazy, annoying Harden free-throw game where he was 7-9. Yeah, double-checking here. 7-9. Paul wasn't very good. Capella was terrific. Although, Chris Paul had that turnover late, too, where he threw it out of bounds. Although, I think I could probably find a way to blame his teammate. It was weird, too, because Weber gave Minnesota's defense credit for being patient, not fouling right away, when I actually think they were screwing up. And then it led to kind of an OKC Clippers problematic uh, Paul possession. where Remember, he had that awful possession against um, the Thunder in one of the Clippers' playoff losses. But the Harden thing becomes now, like, wait a minute, who is this guy? Is he the best? And it feels more like, I don't know, Suri, do you think more people actually think Houston is going to come out of the West now than Golden State?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely.
0: I would agree. I feel like everybody's kind of on this Houston thing. But the other thing with Harden is you do this. You go, okay, I can respect the fact that he has one of the top handles in the game. I think he's there. Maybe Kyrie still probably the best. I still think Steph's pretty impressive. Kelly Olenek has the best pump fake in the game. We all know that. Um, but Harden's handle to match his shooting prowess, you know, it's just, um, I don't want to say like, hey, well, it's better than Curry or whatever, but I mean, it's kind of right there with him. But I always hated the fouls that he got called for. And then it kind of stopped happening. Remember they had that Portland series loss when Howard was still there and like Aldridge I think was still there and it was kind of like a Dame Lillard coming out party. And by the way, how about them losing to the Pelicans? God, shout out to the Pelicans and Drew. Not Jayrue the damage, but Drew the damage at Point Guard. Um The Harden travel thing bothers me. And I don't want to be a hater. Oh, I don't want exactly. to be that guy, but it's it's true. Like, if you can take three steps backwards, it used to always be if you were taking two steps, it was two steps towards the hoop, okay? And all the step-back shots from the day, it's like one step back. He's he's doing three. So when we do this thing of, like, is he the most unguardable, you go, well, you can't touch him, or it's a foul, and he's allowed to step in three, he can take three steps in any direction. It's not all the time, but it's a good amount of the time. You're like, how did he, like, you can't stay on him because then you're going to get called for a foul. And then he's able to step any, like, he might be the most unguardable because it's also the most illegal we've ever seen from a player. And I don't think that's hating. I think that's just honest assessment of, of what we see. Saruti.
1: I am not really one of those guys that gets worked up about it. It probably is a travel, but it's like the same thing as remember the LeBron crab dribble. And I just like, I wasn't really that worried about it. And it, the, the thing that I think Harden does that makes it weird is he does stuff that doesn't look like anybody else's stuff. So like Russ can, Russ can dominate. LeBron can just by sheer athleticism dominate. Whereas like Harden does these little things that like no other guy has a move for and that step back is one of them. Like he does that little like weird one step to the left, go back to the right thing that some people use, but he does it to perfection. So I think when we watch him, you're like, wait, this guy looks like he's playing at the YMCA and he's like a 50 year old dude.
0: Yeah. And I'm not look, Covington had a shot. In the second half, when the Sixers went on that blistering run to start the second half against the Heat, where Covington caught it, and if you're watching on TV, that means Sixers going right to left on your TV, Covington's towards the bench side, so he's on the right side by the three point line, and it's a kick out to him, where he up faked, went right, and then, you know, like off the dribble, up fake, right, and then two steps left. And you're like, what is that? And he hits the shot and you go, what? So what I'm saying is, and this isn't even a Harden thing. It's just that Harden drops 44 and we're going, is this team going to win an NBA championship? Where Giannis carries the ball every time. Isaiah Thomas carries the ball the entire game. And now Isaiah Thomas is actually starting to get called for it because he's not 30 points per game. Isaiah Thomas, he's off the bench disgruntled, not going to make as much as free agency. Isaiah Thomas. That's the way the league works. Like dudes that aren't the dude are going to get called for this stuff a little bit more. Um, come in, be the third third string center, set an illegal screen, you're going to get called for it. Kevin Garnett's not getting called for it. But, you know, when the whole Harden thing went down, what was that, Wesley Johnson, when he flicked him off of him? And people were like, I'm not a worry about travel guy. Like if your NBA Twitter thing is, oh, that's a travel, that's a travel, that's a travel, that's a carry, like whatever dude. Just, I'm okay with some traveling. I'm okay with some palming of the basketball to further emphasize the athleticism. That's another reason why I hate the charge because it kind of takes away from guys who want to just go up at the hoop and contest each other. But if you're allowed to go three steps in any direction into the, backwards or side to side, I it's almost like I give up. I give up as a one-on-one defensive player because I don't know what to do. And it's not me hating. He is incredible, um, you know, and he will be judged. Far more than what happens in Game 1 against the T-Wolves. And I, by the way, I can't believe the T-Wolves are fourth in efficiency, in offensive efficiency for the season, because I hate them to close games. All season long, when I've gone and checked in on them from time to time, it's the same stuff. I mean, at least Butler is a guy that you like in ISO situations, but there's so much ISO garbage and T gets into it, and then Towns gets ignored, and Towns had only nine shot attempts in 40 minutes. That can't happen, but then again, there's sometimes times where I look at Towns and think maybe he's being a little soft. I think Wiggins is kind of soft, so where you looked at Wiggins and Towns and thought, man, what an unbelievable core to build around, you go, okay, skill set, athleticism, yes, although, again, I'm still telling you, when you watch Towns run, he is not the athlete Anthony Davis is. I don't even think he's the athlete Embiid is, Um and I, I say that saying that Embiid and Davis are insane, but, you know, there's a passiveness to those two guys that kind of scares me. And then there's the Thibodeau thing on top of it all. It's like, wait a minute, so your offense is weird late and there's nothing I go, hey, this is the thing Minnesota does late that is kind of scary. I'm like, no, not, not really. And yet the offensive numbers tell me I'm totally wrong, but. I think a lot of T-Wolves fans out there would agree with me. They're like, man, it's really frustrating Late, And then you don't defend anybody, and they still were in this game, which is even the craziest thing, even though if you watch it in real time, I don't think you ever thought that they were actually going to win this thing, even though they had a really good, what was it, start to the third quarter? So I threw a lot at you there, Sarudi. Fill in where you need to.
1: Honestly, sneaky, the best spot for LeBron next year would be the T-Wolves. Um, I know that's like a super hot take or whatever. I think it's right because he's the kind of guy they need. But I don't think with the core that they have, they can ever be that great. Does that make sense? I'm really starting to
0: wonder, you know, that's what makes the Embiid-Simmons thing so great is that you're going,
1: dude, what are we, like, what is the conversation going to be about Simmons? Like, are we? But I feel way, way better about Simmons than I do about, I think, I mean, Simmons to me, like, the guy's like a lock to be an absolute stud, maybe an all-timer. For Hall of Famer, they, yeah,
0: that's that's what I'm saying here. Like, I, I'm I'm starting to watch him go, this dude is totally in control of the game. And there's never that feeling about so many other young great players.
1: Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, which is the thing that you said why you why you discounted or you know counted them out early in the season, which is totally understandable because this never happens with guys that with rookies or young guys in the league. And he's totally flipping that on its head and is dominating NBA playoff games um, like he's five six years into the league.
0: Thank you for having my back. So, TNT did not have my back. No. Did you hear that they? What did they do? Did they run a video of me saying I think the Sixers are going to stink or I, did they just use the audio? I think
1: it was just the the, the sound soundbite.
0: Who else was in that?
1: I didn't I just I saw I didn't actually hear it. I just saw people tweeting about it.
0: If you can hit us up at Ryan A Racillo and tweet us a link, we we would love to but play that. But then you that. made it. That's incredible. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing about being right and wrong. All the things I've been right about, who's using that audio? Nobody.
1: Yeah, well, they didn't have the Tony Romo audio, did they?
0: They didn't have the Tony Romo uh, audio. No, they didn't have the Kaepernick yeah, Contract years. Command audio. They didn't have the Kevin Love's going to stay in Cleveland no matter what. Everybody else says audio. They didn't have LeBron's going back to Cleveland audio. Uh, I don't think anybody cares about the Andrew Bogut bio audio. You got to know. Hmm. Yeah, or the Mark Jackson's going to get fired audio. They don't have that, do they? Check tapes. Nope. Check the tapes. Check the tapes. That audio is available. And if I sound salty, it's cause I am. All right. Uh, Popovich, side note, we're going to do a bunch of Kawhi stuff with Amin El Hassan here. Um, because I don't like, well, like if I said, Hey, what else are you hearing? Rye guy, I would say, boy, nobody thinks Kawhi is going back to the Spurs. And it's funny too. Cause we're watching the, the, the challenging of the system and approach now from, from two different, Groups. One is everyone in the Patriots, current and former, calling out Belichick. And Amendola, who I like a lot, saying, you know, Bill can be kind of a bleephole sometimes, and I didn't like some of the stuff we did, like practicing in the rain or playing in the snow, but it did make us tougher and helped us win. You're like, well, then... I don't know, dude. What are you saying? Like, you'd rather just have a blast and not win? So the Pats are being challenged. I could do a half an hour on that, but I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, while the Spurs and the whole Popovich thing is being challenged. And do we have that audio that I can throw to you right here, a Pop from this weekend, once again, not being funny with his curt answers?
2: I heard you tell your guys a couple minutes ago, this is called adversity. Get through it. What has to change for them to get through it? Well, we have to play a little bit better. Into the game, you said Kevin Durant. you gotta defend him better. He had 11 in that first quarter. What has to happen differently
1: to play him
2: better? We gotta play him better. All
1: right, thank you,
0: Pop. Okay, so that could be audio from any game ever that Popovich has ever done. He was nice to Sager there a couple times. um And if it's a former coach, I think we've had he's done it. Here's the thing: is, is Popovich is uh, not funny, and yet we kind of laugh. And it's kind of that Tiger Woods thing, where I don't think like Tiger's not. Funny, but he's not as funny as the, the uproarious laughter when he's starting to play a little bit better and you feel like it's at the chuckle hut, you know, or it's a two drink minimum. So, you know, the Popovich thing, I think he thought like, Hey, everybody thinks it's really funny when I'm doing this. So then he kept doing it. And it's honestly like really disrespectful. And I know nobody cares about any of us, uh, as reporters for the most part. A lot of you guys aren't that impressed with us. I've said that all the time and I get it because I wasn't super impressed with people that did the job that I do now when I didn't have this job, but. I, uh, I've had, I mean, it's just, it's so rude and stupid and it isn't funny and I think somebody should ask Popovich about anything political that's going on. So forget, hey, you couldn't defend Kevin Durant, what do you think about the new tariffs with China? How would you feel about improving edu- uh, education in the urban areas? You know, and then he could go for 15 minutes and tell us how much the world sucks and scold us like he likes to in other platforms. So that might be the only way we can get Popovich to talk. Ask him about his political views on something. He can tell us how smart he is and how terrible every day is waking up in this country. And then maybe we'll get a depth answer out of him. So there you go. Free help for everyone. Moving on. Um, okay. See. Uh Utah, man, this Paul George thing, ever since he talked about adjusting his shot, this is nuts. I still don't know what a win means. I don't think there is a line in the sand where OKC gets this far in the playoffs that that means he's going to stay. I think the better guess here is that George has already made up his mind. But he's been terrific, and that was huge because last year, if you looked at the Thunder numbers, sans Westbrook, that's French for without, um... Westbrook, when he came off the floor, they were a disaster. I think the number and I forget where I was reading it today, but I think they were like minus fifty five points for the series when he was off. And the fact that they could play George in those spots. And so even though you know how I don't feel about you know, I don't love the Thunder as a real threat, other people think they are a real threat because of their talent and the bench was better and the bench has been better now for like sneaky a little while here for this team, uh they have three scores and Utah has one. And Joel Jinglejuice Ingles is one of my favorite players, is underrated, well, let's not say the most underrated, because you'd have to be kind of awesome to be the most underrated, but when I watched that series play out and Gobert actually was sneaky, well, not sneaky bad. I think everybody watching the game is like, Hey, they were kind of bad on defense. What the hell's up with that? It's just tough to say, all right, Utah, you have one score that can kind of get his whenever he wants, even though Dante Exum tried a bunch and that didn't work out at the beginning. Uh, it's just tough to match that with three guys that can score. Even if we don't like Mello anymore, I could do all these series. I could do the Cavs thing. It was weird if they were going to stink, that they were going to stink on offense and not defense, but that's what happened in game one. I have no read, no read whatsoever until I see what game two is there. Uh, Boston winning game one at home in overtime against Milwaukee is the least surprising thing ever, even though Giannis... I think should be the kind of guy that can take over a series and beat a Boston team that's depleted by injuries. Brad Stevens is going to figure it out and that's why they'll get to the second round. Um, Toronto, Washington when I first saw the score that Wizards were up I go man that's funny Toronto's so soft ha 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 and they came back and won I was like ha the Wizards are so soft so I'm a total hypocrite on that series. Uh, Golden State, San Antonio I wasn't that impressed with San Antonio towards the end What I'm hearing Curry back in that second round if this series were to get weird and go six or seven there's a sense that Curry could play it if they want to but I don't think anybody thinks the series is going to go that way uh, Miami Philadelphia how about that second half for the Sixers I mean oh okay hey we're going to get down 10 in the first quarter Miami's going to make everything and then we're just going to blitz you and there's nothing you can do about it and the Simmons stuff feel free Lionel Richie ceiling whatever you want to do with it um, it's absurd and did I leave what did I leave out we did Houston I didn't really do much on New Orleans-Portland other than I want New Orleans to win the series in a weird way. Not because I don't like Portland, but I just, I want Anthony Davis to continue to be talked about. And that's what he needs. Like the next step for him, even if Lillard hasn't done a ton in the playoffs, I think that win against Houston kind of, like, you just sort of get introduced all over again. And if he were, if Davis were to have a really great series and beat Portland in a series where he didn't think they were going to win, because Portland's been really good this year, that would kind of at least, even though we don't look at New Orleans and go, hey, they could come out of the West. I mean, nobody's saying that. Uh, I don't know. It, it just it, It's almost like a being born again thing in the NBA when you have a little bit of playoff success, even when it's unsuspected, and people can just appreciate you a little bit more. Because sometimes I feel like, and I'm not saying I'm the only one, but there's so many times where I hear people talk about Anthony Davis, even with that GM poll, and you go like, you really? You think like if these guys are all healthy, that it's not Davis by a mile? But that's the problem is that Davis, you know, hadn't been healthy, and you were wondering what he had, uh, what you have in him. But he's, he's just awesome. Anything I left out, Saruti, that you feel like you need to fill in there?
1: That dame shot feels like it was forever ago, even though it wasn't. Um, what, against Houston? Yeah. And I, God, it was an awesome shot. And that, of course, video was incredible. But I am, I am sort of with you on, I think we talked about this a little bit today on Will's show. Is, is, if, does Giannis and Anthony Davis, do they both have to win their first round series? No.
0: No, nah, I mean, for dopes, they do, but I'm not a dope. You Fair. know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to come back next year being like, well, you know, a lot of people talked about Giannis, but, uh, you know, he's going to be even better next
1: year. Especially because they don't have a coach. You know, who knows?
0: Right. How about, how about that? They have four assistants standing up to close the game yesterday. Okay. Um, before I get to Amin Hassan and uh, shout out to our great friends at DollarShaveClub.com. Uh, I'll do a little life update with you. I know, Saruti, feel free to fire away uh, if you have any follow-ups. But I got to L.A. late uh, Tuesday. It was snowing in Connecticut. I packed up my stuff. Place is rented out. My house here is not ready. It's a real first-world problem thing, so I'm not going to complain about it too much because I just don't want to, and there's nothing I can do. I can't fix it. I'm West Coast Ryan now, so why stress about nice. it? Yeah, right. <laughs> west
1: coast <laughs> run. Yeah, now you're, you're you know the traffic and
0: all that stuff now so you're kind of in No, in, in I'm the, I'm your, just I'm dreading any kind of traffic. I'm constantly my entire day is like, okay, well if I meet you there, when do I have to leave by? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And then it's never fine because that way they're afraid I'll turn down the meeting. Um so Sarah Walsh, who everybody knows, close friend, was in the wedding uh Matt Bushman who's now in the front office for the San Francisco Giants, playing careers over, Chris Thompson, who you know I'm good friends with um other close friends and uh, no relatives. So we rented out a little place down at Coronado Island in San Diego. It's absolutely incredible if you've never been there. Um, you can check it out uh, on her, on Sarah Walsh or Carissa's Instagram if you want pictures. I mean, if you're really into that kind of thing. But I'm getting crushed because... Well, not crushed. I think complimented, actually, is what people are saying. So, like, the first night when there was a big fancy dinner, I showed up in joggers and a T-shirt. Yep. And I walked in and... Like the four or five girls that were there all couldn't have been more dressed up. They all look great. And even Matt and the other dude were dressed nice, button downs and like fun jeans and, you know, like fun sneakers that that showed you that they'd stepped up their game. And I was like, oh, OK, Huh. like we were supposed to get dressed up for this. And I'm not dressing up at all anymore. Like I was starting to not dress up a ton towards the last year. I was in Connecticut from a guy who liked to dress up a lot. Now I'm just sort of over it. And the girls gave me a visual of like, oh, dude, seriously, like sweatpants. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, we're at a resort. Like, we're not going anywhere. We're we're going to dinner on the resort. So that didn't go over well. Um They looked like nice
1: was, sweatpants at least.
0: They were nice sweatpants, yeah, was, yeah, yeah.
1: They're like a jogger type deal. Yeah,
0: like, like a shark. James purse. Yeah. They weren't cheap, but they're still kind of sweatpants. So um a tapered leg apparently is not what the girls were looking for at a formal dinner uh let's see here so this is where i need a ruling because you know i don't i don't necessarily i'm i'm a little over and probably old for for gas lamp not to say you couldn't do it if you needed to if you needed it that weekend out of me you could get it but not really what i was looking for we hit up uh, McPee's, which is a, a good navy seal bar as we were told but you can't ever tell like who's a navy seal and who isn't so you just don't talk to their women and you just you know you be polite order your beers and um, that's that's what you do. You know, just sort of hang out. So we had a good group there. Great cover band. ZZ Top into Van Halen, right into Stevie Ray. I mean, it was like I had written out the playlist before because I didn't want to hear any hip-hop if I was going to a Navy SEAL dive bar in Coronado. Uh, the other Navy SEAL dive bar that we went to, we walked by and three guys were in there with their shirts off pushing each other. And it was dead other than that. And all the girls that we were with were like, we don't want to go there. And I was like, I kind of do. And I got overruled. All right, so... We made our way over to the gas lamp, which we all said we weren't going to do because, you know, and at that point they were kind of dressed nice, but not as formal as the first night. And I was dressed even more like a clown in sweatpants, a different pair of sweatpants and like this Nike zip up thing that looks really stupid. And I had a hat on bean Town, What's up? Black on black. And we were walking down the street and because, you know, these girls all look great. And it's Carissa and it's Sarah, this guy in a suit promoter on the street unlike the main section, San Diego where it's hot, you know, it's really going off. Um, And we were all really well behaved at that point, too. Like, nobody was getting out of hand or anything like that. It was a mature group. We had a villa that we wanted to go back to and spend some time at. It's weird. When you get older and you go away on group trips together, and if you rent something out now, you're like, hey, you know what? Let's make the most out of this hotel room suite and spend more time with each other. And that's actually what we did, which is actually, you know, 10 years ago, no chance. You'd be like, what room? Although that's not a good joke for me. Yeah, you
1: rent the cheapest possible room and then spend, like, the least amount of time there.
0: Right, right, yeah, you know, and then, like, a guy cancels his reservations, like, can I crash with you, and you're like, how did, how did you not have a reservation, like, you knew when this trip was being made? So, we're walking down the street, guy, uh, three-piece suit, well-dressed dude, um, grabs a couple of the girls that we're with, and we're like, hey, I'm a promoter, you guys got to go to this club, it's my club, you know, and, like, I haven't heard all this stuff for 15 years of being in the game, okay? And so, the girl's like, we want to, you know, we want to hear, they have a DJ, we want to hear music, and they all want to dance together and Matt and I are the only guys and we're like look it's your weekend we'll do whatever you guys want to do we're fine so it was rolling up the guy who's checking the IDs and and kind of escorting us to the front entrance of the deal like he's sizing all of us up and he's looking at them and, and he kind of looks at me and he's like alright Red Sox hat sweatpants like we wouldn't even let you in and he's like hey no hat and then he goes drops the don't put the hat on when you go in I'm like I'll be fine and then I took it off and I'm bald and he kind of like gave me a look like, oh, that's why you wear a hat out, huh? Because you're bald, you old weirdo. So I was already kind of like, I don't really, you know, something's off about this whole place. And the guy at the front door kind of looked a bit like he tells Chicks that he was a finalist for Big Brother 3 and that it's, you know, he's, he's, he's doing some other stuff that I don't know what it is, but you can find it on MySpace. So we get... Escorted down the stairs by the promotion guy from the street that brought us in. And all of a sudden, and he sets up the line for the four girls in front of us because we're gentlemen and we let them go in front. And then it's Matt and I. And then the promoter bounces, goes back upstairs. The four girls get escorted in, table, and then the arm bar goes down in front of Matt and I. This is the husband of the girl that's just been escorted in. And the guy's like, hey, you, you're you paying. We're like, no, we're not. We're like, dude grabbed us off the street. Like, I didn't want to come here. He's like, nope, you're paying full price or you're not getting in. And I went, that's not happening. And I yell over the girls. I go, it's a total scam. Like, they want us to pay. You get in. And we weren't even coming in here. So I go up to the top. I say, hey, what's the story here? And then Big Brother finalist tells me to beat it. I was like, fine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even making a big deal out of this. But this is lame, what you did. It's lame, and I'm telling you it's lame. Like, just tell, if you're going to charge us... Tell us you're going to charge us, and the four girls get for free. Don't corral the whole group and alter everything we're doing. Because if you had just asked us if we wanted to pay, then maybe we would have paid. But you like you thought you were pulling a smooth smooth one, and then you disappear. And then he's like, "What? You can't afford it?" I went, "Yeah, okay." I go, "We're done here." I'm like, "Right, I can't afford it." So, we didn't go in, and I may have ruined the opportunity from the dance at a real club with a really good DJ out of principle.
1: Yeah, but if they don't understand, did they understand why you didn't want to do it? All the girls were on my side. Yeah, so then you're fine. Because that was that is BS.
0: It's really lame. And then the guy said to me, as I said, yeah, I can't afford it. And he's like, Well, that's how we do in the gas lamp. I was like, Right, because this is my first time out of Massachusetts. I've never gone to any other place ever. So I was I was pissed off for a good two minute window. And then guess what? We went back to the villa, little late night pizza. Everybody was happy again. So uh, other than that, I'm at the Equinox, worked out with Matt Liner, NBD, may have heard of him, Heisman winner. Uh, didn't work out with him, actually. Said hi. So that's a lie. There's a lot of celebrities that work out there, Saruti. Anybody you wanted me to get a selfie with? Anybody you're thinking of?
1: Uh, Hall. is he there? Probably, right?
0: Hall, I don't know if he works out in the South Bay. A lot of those guys are all up in the Hollywood area. A lot of people oh, in the man. Hollywood area think we're all weirdos that live down at the beach. And I'm like... Every single time I get back to the beach area, I'm, I'm just going, wow, you know, I, I have this weird thing that it, until I get back to the beach, I'm just, you know, I'm like, i driving up to the ringer, man. It took me, I don't, does anybody care about this? Cause everybody that lives in LA already knows all of this. And then everybody who doesn't live in LA already knows this too. But, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to report. May go up to Colorado for a few days. Cause, uh, yeah, I could stay in a hotel here for two straight weeks. And some people offer me rooms, but I'm like, you know, it's not even that I'm... I just don't know that I'd want to do that to you, you know?
1: Who would you call? Like, who in L.A. could you be like, hey, could I crash on your couch for... There's like a
0: couple, couple of people days? that have offered. Yeah. But,
1: I don't know. Any I names? feel like it's kind of... What's that? Who get a name? Uh, mm,
0: well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you would know know who they are. So, if I dropped a name, it might not be that exciting. So uh yeah i'm I'm fine though i mean i'm a big boy i knew what i was doing when i got on that plane i knew that it wasn't going to be now if somebody says hey your house is going to be ready until june 1st then you're going to get a you know i'll just do a one bedroom b&b in redondo and maybe start doing steroids but i don't know if i want to admit that to everybody
1: let's hope that does not happen
0: yeah let's let's, uh that's not even
1: yeah i mean i'm not even sure i would do it all right uh anything else I think that's it. Fired up for the Game 2s to start tonight.
0: Yeah, I am. And i gotta, I got to hustle, man. i got to get oh, back in you, time. You didn't even
1: hear, by the way, real quick. Uh, Dockage yelled at me today. Actually, he, he basically ethered me on the air today um, because I told him that Victor Oladipo wasn't um, this guy in Orlando. And he basically was just like, who's this producer guy telling me that he knows basketball, blah, 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 blah. And it was actually really, really funny. Yeah, but you're right. And you also
0: have watched Oladipo what if more in Orlando. The funny thing is,
1: I was giving Oladipo a compliment. And Dockich was like, yeah, this guy, he's like, I've studied under Bod Knight for like 10 years, but yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to basketball.
0: No, I'm not saying you know more than Docich, but I would say you've watched more Oladipo at, at Orlando than anybody I know. And you're like, you were yeah. the first to call it. You go, you know, the craziest thing when Oladipo went to the Thunder and he kept missing all those layups, you were like, everybody, he goes, it just, it was another one of our overall points that you and I have always shared is that you're actually, it's, it's not surprising anymore. It should be known that that people that do this for a living don't watch nearly as much basketball as you think they would. So it's like nobody watched Oladipo and Orlando miss the same layups other than like the real hardcore guys, and you're a Magic fan, so you saw it, and you're a hardcore guy anyway. But then he started missing for the Thunder, and the announcer's are like, man, I'm really surprised how much he's missing at the rim. And you go, why?
1: Now, nah, Badakis was all good about it. because he. I actually asked him, I was like, how many Magic games do you watch? He's like, no, dude, I have league paths. It's probably why I, why I got divorced. I was like, yeah, all right, fair enough. Yep, yep, yep. There you go.
0: I still think you've watched more Magic games than he has. There's no way I would take him in that bet. But, yeah, of course he knows more about basketball than you or I do. But doesn't mean you couldn't know one dude. I had a GM call me once about a player, and I could tell within two minutes he'd never watched the player play. I was like, what?
1: But he acted like he did?
0: Yeah, he had made a trade for the player, and he I couldn't believe that they traded for the player. And then he was like, hey, what do you think of him? And I I just complimented his personality because I didn't want to say, I can't believe he traded for this dude. He sucks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh man, I want to know
0: who it is so bad. Yeah, and I, I knew right then and there. I'm like, you just traded for a player in the league, and you've never watched him. And the only reason I had is because I just I had. So again, that's not me saying, "Ooh, I know more than a GM." Because I don't, I don't know more than a GM. I just in that instant, that one player, I knew more about that player than he did. All right, uh, keep subscribing, keep reviewing, keep rating. I still have a trunk of stuff, uh, but I don't want to make this an official giveaway right now, but. Let's keep things moving along here. I am sorry about last week, but that's why we gave you two pods the week before that. We're going to be doing this once a week. I even got security clearance here at 710 ESPN. I was walking in with some of the Vegas Knights. Obviously, I was mistaken for a hockey player, so still got it, even on the West Coast, so feel great about that. Um, but I'm looking good and feeling good because of dollarshaveclub.com. This is what's going on. Your bathroom called. It's time to give it the cleaning it deserves. I just cleaned mine out. And you know what I kept is all the extra razor blades that Dollar Shave Club gives me. Get rid of all the junk that's lying around. Freshen up with high-quality products from DollarShaveClub.com. Members like me, we get everything we need for our morning routine delivered right to our door. I remember when I met the owner, the whole guy that founded this whole deal. He's like, we want to own the bathroom. Well, they're they're owning it. DollarShaveClub.com. They deliver everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Dollar Shave Club is more than just razors. DollarShaveClub.com is better than shopping in a store. Here's the deal. Dollar Shave Club has razors, shave butter, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, everything you need to look, smell uh, and feel your best. I get an amazing high-quality shave every morning now when i shave my head uh from dollar shave club the executive razor it's the best razor that we've used i've given a few extras to some friends the dr carver shave butter is unbelievable it makes you want to get rid of those old school shaving creams it goes on clean so you can just see where you're shaving and since dollar shave club delivers everything to you you don't have to set foot in a store wandering the aisles hunting for razor shampoo body wash toothpaste none of it clean up your bathroom in your morning routine. Join DollarShaveClub.com for just five bucks with free shipping. You'll get the six blade executive razor plus trial sizes of the shave butter, body cleanser, and one wipe Charlie's, which I love keeping in my travel bag. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at DollarShaveClub.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N. That's DollarShaveClub.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N. Amin Elhassan on everything. Next. Amin, I want to get to the Kawhi stuff a little bit later, but I want to just start with kind of where I was the beginning of the podcast and that's the overall observations and I think you have to just start with Houston because you go okay what is this what is this team what are we what do we think they're capable of and a lot of that has to do with the health of Golden State and what Curry looks like when he comes back but like what do you allow yourself to believe when you see Houston who actually didn't even play that great other than Harden and Capella in a game one win against the T-Wolves
2: well I mean I think it sounds kind of weird and I got into a big argument with Dan Levitard on the show about this uh, I think Luke Rashad and Bamute has to be there for them to have a legitimate chance at uh, beating the Warriors. Because when, you, when you're when playing Golden State, obviously, uh, the emphasis is on uh, large size defenders. I won't call them big defenders because I don't want people to think I'm talking about big. I'm talking about large size defenders who can switch uh, because that's what Golden State throws at you, a bunch of large-sized human beings who play offense on the perimeter and play inside-outside and all that. And so Mbamute was like the the critical mass of large size defenders who could switch that they needed between him, Trevor Ariza, PJ Tucker, and then Clint Capella to a lesser extent. And so uh, that's and his help is so critical for their chances at overcoming the Golden State Warriors. Um, but beyond that, I really think it, it comes down to uh, if you're if you're Houston, and we're talking about the, the ways that Houston can. Pull up this massive upset. You're really talking about how can I get Golden State out of its beautiful game and into a style of play that they really don't like, the team to fall into, particularly when Kevin Durant um, is is more assertive. Uh, and the more that they can keep Golden State away from a lot of cutting and a lot of a lot of ball moving, and more into uh, Durant trying to kind of be a hero or even Steph Curry trying to be a hero uh, in one-on-one play. I think that gives Houston an advantage because it makes it easier on their defense. And
0: you know, when I watch Houston, I go, okay, you know, this this isn't when you're doing I would imagine game prep for him, you go there's not a ton that we have to prep for here. We know what they're going to do on offense. It's really more about trying to attack them on defense, but then I think that we go, okay, well Daryl Morey, who I would imagine both of us like a lot, um you know, in the beginning when we heard about their G League team and they were like, oh, they just take as many threes as you possibly can and people kind of laugh at it. And then you go, no, they're kind of doing the right thing here and breaking this mold. And then it feels like Daryl Morey's entire construction of this roster is on trial when if it weren't for a looming golden state, we may look at this playoffs as a formality, but then again maybe we check it again because of what, what Harden looked like in Game 6. So I, I feel like there's all of these things that are about to be tested here but it probably has more to do with who golden state looks like in the western conference finals than it is who houston is right now
2: and I, look this and this is what's going to skew this whole era uh these 5 years or so or maybe a couple more years after that, is that there there were teams that were truly great teams that because golden state existed we're not, we're probably not going to talk about them as such and i think houston is is definitely up there look is the offense predictable Yes and no. It, it's predictable in the sense that um, uh, in terms of, obviously, you know, the emphasis is on three-point shots and shots in the paint, and the only mid-range green light really seems to be Chris Paul because even Harden has kind of shied away from taking mid-range shots and is just uh, gone, gone an either-or thing. It's predictable in that if it's not Harden or Paul, or quite in a, in a slight version, Eric Gordon, no one else is doing anything other than shooting it, dunking it, or passing it. They're not, no one's creating off the dribble. No one's trying to do anything, any, any uh, um, extra things. And it's predictable in the sense that not a whole lot of kind of off-ball movement, right? They got their guys all camped out on the three-point line. But as I say to everybody, this is in the NFL where if we got your playbook, oh, now you're screwed. We got you now. It's the only thing to say, oh, you're predictable. Say, okay, come stop us. And really, yeah. that, that goes back to Mike D'Antoni's philosophy. He's like, I'll give you our playbook. I'll, I'll give you our tapes. Come stop us. Come guard us. You can't because at the essence of every Houston Rockets offensive possession line is the same thing. It's like you're going to either have to stop him or stop him or close out to the shooter. You may be able to do two, If you're really good, you may be able to do two out of those three things. You will not be able to do all three. And so something's got to give, and we will score when you give up uh, one of those
0: options. I could go through all the series, but we're gaming and all this stuff in the first round, and I want to use your expertise as your uh, stories over the years of just being in the front office are probably some of my favorite things. Uh, now we're, we're we're talking about Kawhi here, and mm-hmm. every conversation I've had, as I said earlier, is that there are no teams that think he's going back to San Antonio. Agents don't think he's going back to San Antonio, so everybody's kind of lining up here. How? Can you think back to a time when you were in a front office and it was th- the best player? Like, w- can you remember a time when it was a disgruntled, really good player that the franchise was kind of tied to, and how you deal with that as a front office? Uh,
2: so as far as far as for us, right? you talk about in Phoenix?
0: Yeah. Uh, was there one? I mean, you know, maybe not the equivalent of Kawhi, but is there something I'm forgetting? No, I, think of-
2: well, I'm, I'm, uh, well, uh, Sean Marion who wasn't our best player but was still really 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 good. I mean, he was a perennial all-star for us and he was one of the best defensive players in the league on a team that really did not have the luxury of a whole lot of uh guys who were great defensive players. Um but uh you know, it was it was tough because Sean was a guy who um felt underappreciated a lot and it's one thing when it, it, it tends to wear on people. Like one year, two year, but after a while, it tends to wear on people. And so uh, the decision was made that Sean Marion was someone that we had to move. Um, even though, as we as we recognize from a basketball standpoint, oh, this is a guy that we should embrace. And we should definitely want to earn a team. But from, from a just, look, he's wearing on, on other guys in the locker room, let alone the front office, let alone the coaching staff. And so that's how the Shaq deal happened. Shaq deal wasn't as publicized. The idea of, like, hey, we need to get bigger and stronger, and because the NBA is all about big and strong, it was more about, hey, we have a problem on our hands in terms of a guy who's really wearing on people. And over in Miami, they were going through the same thing with a guy that won him a championship, Shaquille O'Neal. And that he's wearing on them, and it was one of those things that actually started on the ownership level, I believe, it was a conversation between Robert Sarver and Mickey Harrison that started. It was like, hey, would this work? And so, you know, that was how we got started doing homework on how a Shaq addition would help us and how it would hinder us and all that. That decision was made. Um, There was also stuff about his contract because Sean Marion was coming up on a contract and he wanted an extension and he wanted his extension to be maxed and we weren't prepared to really pay him that much. Um, And we didn't think that he could get that anywhere else either. And so that also kind of hastened the scenario. And by the way, I guess that, that, that might be one, um, one uh, uh, common thread there and that if we had given Sean Marion a max extension as is, which we, we could have, like three more years on his deal at, at max, he would have stayed, and I think he would have been he would have been happy because he would have felt the appreciation and us continuing to pay him max, even though he was already the highest-paid player on the team. Uh, the parallel here, obviously, is Kawhi Leonard. I, I really believe in my heart of hearts. All these, all these agents and all these execs are all just hoping because it's Go, uh, San Antonio shows up July 1 with the $220 million in, in a duffel bag. Kawhi says, okay, I'll be a spur for life. And that's that.
0: Yeah, I guess the, the Kawhi thing's so weird, though, right? Because, you know, it'd be like it, it'd be like watching Shaq for years and then having guys go, you know, he's actually really shy. <laughs> you know, he's like, what? <laughs> Is he? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really shy. It's just, it's, go ahead.
2: Well, hey, I did, see, this is and this is the weird part, right? So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what weird is. Weird is San Antonio, the most secretive organization probably outside of the the New England Patriots, who are, by the way have their own issues out there. All of a sudden, we find out everything that's happening day by day. They had a players' meeting, and then Pop said this, and then the guy said this, and quiet said, "Wait a second, and then Tony comes out and says, "My injury was a hundred times." When have we ever seen San Antonio comport itself like that, right? Like. So the the most airtight organization in the NBA all of a sudden has a leak every single day. We're reading a report every single day. And so is that all of a sudden they've lost control over keeping uh, things confidential, or is that, hey, we're the San Antonio Spurs, and we're going to play this NBA game the way it was meant to be played, meaning organizations like to leak certain things that are painted, designed to paint them in a positive light, and whoever their adversary is, in this case one of their players, in a negative light. And so we got a lot of, why won't Kawhi come back? And even the players came back and begged him. And, and you know, and the players said it wasn't even that bad and all that. And so all of these things are kind of read between the lines. This isn't luck or chance that we're getting all this information. This is San Antonio trying to paint a picture. The problem is Kawhi Leonard, Spurs have been around for a while. They know how to play this game even if they haven't had to play it in a while. Kawhi doesn't. And in that sense, you've got people taking his silence and his absence to mean, hey, everything San Antonio is saying is right, and Kawhi is a selfish guy, and Kawhi is this, and Kawhi is that. But what hasn't come out is, or it's come out, it just hasn't been publicized for whatever reason, things like Kawhi had uh, uh, an injury a couple of years ago in the wrist that what he was medically cleared for. Turned out he wasn't right at all. Went out there, got hurt again. Kawhi last year had a really bad ankle sprain. Then got medically cleared for game one and promptly sprained his ankle again. So if you're Kawhi Leonard, you're saying, well, our doctors say you're fine. Which well, is the doctors that cleared my wrist or the doctors that cleared my ankle? Which, which doctors are we talking about here? <laughs> and so he doesn't feel good. He goes to his own doctors. They're saying, you're not, cleared to re- you're, you're not ready to go out there yet. And so from Kawhi Leonard's standpoint is, why am I going to risk my body which is my moneymaker, which I know fans don't like to hear, but, hey, man, this guy's got a window of time where he's got to make all the money for his family until till the Ducks uh, come flying home, right? He's got to be smart about what he does, especially with a $200-plus potential deal on the horizon. You can't jeopardize that. Jeremy Lin went through the same thing in New York uh, five years ago, whenever it was. Right? He was every day we had to watch. Jeremy Lynn is 63%. He's 72%. But he won't play in the playoffs until it's 100%. And he never played. He ended up never playing. And he ended up getting the pay, the payday of his life. And that was the right decision for Jeremy Lynn. And I think it's the right decision for Kwai Lindon.
0: Well, you're right about the leak thing. Like all of these ideas that none of these teams leak. No, no. Some teams are just really, really good at it. And then you go, okay, well. If Kawhi and, obviously, Popovich is giving us – somebody who prides himself on not giving us anything is giving us everything by saying you have to ask Kawhi and his group, which we're all led to believe if you're – That that was – I mean, that was just – hey. By the way, this is the deal, and people around the league said, "say it's the uncle." You know what I mean? Like, it's funny how basketball works. All of a sudden, a mysterious uncle shows up on the scene in recruiting, and 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 before the draft, and then you're like, "Who's this guy?" Be like, "Oh, that's another uncle," and you go, "Is this real or is it not?" And then there's these demands. But I would argue that the leaks are coming from the team because, as of now, like, if Kawhi really, really is hurt, then. He needs to do a better job of leaking out his side of the information. Or he needs yeah. to do the sit-down with Rachel Nich- Nichols. He needs to figure out how to do this because as of now around the league, it is that he is the disgruntled star that abandoned his teammates. And if that is true, of course there's not going to be any leak from his side of it. So that's what the team is selling. Um, but the team now is selling, I think, the other teams that I talked to that he's actually legitimately hurt because that, in a way, makes him more appealing just being hurt than somebody that oh. may have quit on his team, which is the oh, absolute worst I thing you can it. do in sports.
2: Oh, Ryan, Ryan, I disagree. I think everyone's cheering for, for him to be disgruntled because if he's disgruntled and they've got a breach there, oh, that's where we come in. That's what everyone is thinking. Everyone's thinking that's where we come in because if it's just he's hurt and when he's back, he'll be fine, well, then the Spurs, they're not going to try and give him up or they're going to try and want to take, get too much for him.
0: No, he's but see, we're, we're, we're on this – sorry – We're on the same page though, because what I'm saying is, is that the Spurs would be selling, oh, it's just an injury.
2: Ah.
0: Whereas if the teams. Right. But, and how ironic would that be? That like you're actually trying to tell other teams that he's legitimately hurt and has missed an entire year because that increases his value. And I agree with you. We actually are on the same page here. It's, it's a cheaper price for the disgruntled guy that's already made up his decision, you know, months ago that he's never playing in a Spurs uniform again. So yes, we're on the
2: same page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, no, but like again, this is man, this is the NBA. By the way, when it comes to the uncle, hey, Lamar Jackson is going through the same thing uh, over in the NFL draft. Right? The idea is, if you're an agent in this league and there is an outsider, meaning a person who is not another agent or a traditional type of agent, the mission to slander this individual is so intense. It is about how it is. he's. He's throwing everything away because of his uncle. He's throwing this away because of his mother. We can't even get in touch with them. Like teams can't even get in touch with them. It's just all these kind of ridiculous theories that basically this player's whole career is going down the tube because they're cavorting with uh, with some sort of uh, uh, novice at, at the at the wheel. And by the way, sometimes that's true. So like what you said he should be doing the sit-down with Rachel Nichols and saying this is what's happening and all that stuff and getting his side of the story out there. And maybe a savvier agent would have had him do that or at least convinced him to do that, whereas an uncle would be like, well, Quiet doesn't want to do that, so we're not going to do that. Or, you know, some other weird variation of, hey, man, only guilty people feel like they have to testify or, or all, all the other all the weird, weird theories people might have. So there is a little bit of truth there, but also I just always feel like we always have to take it with a grain of salt When we hear everyone on the league, oh, the uncle's messing everything up. Well, of course, the agents think the uncle's messing everything up because they're agents.
0: Yeah, right. And if an agent just screws it up, it's a different label than somebody who's a non-traditional agent. But then again, you'll have like – I'll never forget the Ben McLemore pre-draft stories that I don't even think many of us felt super comfortable even saying – And you're going okay. So wait a minute. How many guys is he on now? How many agents? How many people are saying they represent him? How many different people are making him work? So now there's another guy that's making him work out away from the way that the agent set up all the workouts. And they're like, the kid's living here. He's living there. This is where he grew up. All these people. And you were just like, this is such a disaster. And then he ends up in Sacramento, and you go, okay, that's why Ben McIlwain. people are going. (laughs) Oh yeah, that guy. What happened to him?
2: (laughs) Well, I would say the main difference is there. It's not who was his agent or who was his representative. It's 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 the it's the chaos of it all that, that you don't you can't get a simple straight answer as to who's who's quote unquote calling the shot or or all those things um it, whereas here we have we have a single point of contact that we're dealing with and so i think it's, a, it's not not quite the same but yeah i i, I look there's a horror story for all ty- uh ron artest remember his uncle was his agent and he was in Sacramento, he opted out of a bigger deal and went and signed for a lot less to go, uh, I want to believe, to Houston uh, at the time. You know, so I'm not here to say that every family member who becomes a representative is just as good as any agent. I'm just saying that whenever we hear that the, quote, unquote, mysterious family member is ruining things, I always think to myself, okay, how much of this is the agent driving this narrative because they want everyone to know Hey, you're supposed to be with one of you. Establishment. You roll with one of us, and we take care of you.
0: Okay, I'm going to play a little game here, a little exercise. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to be different teams here, and I'm going to offer you stuff for Kawhi. And... See, the problem here is that, like, whenever I talk to people, they like, what do you think the price is? And you go, well, if everybody thinks he's gone, then the price is going up as opposed to the other disgruntled mid-season guy where you look at the returns historically and you go, man, they traded that guy for that group of stuff? Like, it always ends up being, like, the one thing and then three things you talk yourself into thinking are assets, and they aren't. Um, Okay. If I – all right, so I'm Ryan McDonough. You know him well, Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. I call you up. You're running the Spurs, I mean, and I offer you Josh Jackson – the number one pick, and then whatever filler, and we're doing these the primary pieces to get the deals done, and then figuring out the rest. Right. Would you hang up on me, or would you would you stay on the phone?
2: Well, I would say I want more. I, I'd probably hang up, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a get out of here. It would be you need to add some more stuff, and by more stuff, I mean another 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 first for sure, uh, and maybe even uh, another second somewhere there, and then. Uh, you know, in the in the spirit of of uh of uh Sally matching even though we're not doing that right now, I would say, Oh, you know, also PJ Warren because I mean we gotta make the numbers back somehow. Uh so I, I mean I look I would Spurs, let
0: you pick anybody else. I mean, you can have Marquise Chris, you can have Bender, you can have Len. I, I imagine maybe there'd be some Spurs interest. you know, the way they do things where they go, oh, you know, we we'll always Booker, like this.
2: Booker's off the table, though.
0: Booker is <laughs> off the seat. I'm going to do the whole thing where I go, I need to add your disgruntled star to my already happy right. star until right. Booker becomes that's, disgruntled.
2: That's the starting point in every conversation if you're the Spurs. The starting point is I'm going for your best player. I don't care who it is. And if you say – because we're going to try and shortcut this. Usually this is how it works. If, you, if, the, spur, if the Spurs have quiet on the table, the Suns call, the first thing you say is Devin Booker, this conversation's not happening. And then then you sit back and you wait for Phoenix to say, okay, I can't give you Booker, what if I? what if I, and in this case, Phoenix is overextending itself. I give you Josh Jackson, two firsts, and then you're like, okay. Or, or maybe you say, Josh Jackson, a first, and two seconds. And then you say, no, 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 two seconds. What are we doing? This guy's a franchise player. He's one of the best uh, players in the league. He's the, he's the, the premier de, premier defensive player. I'm not taking a first and two seconds for that. Josh Jackson, a guy who may or may not be in the league three years from now. So then you go back and you do this kind of back and forth, back and forth. But if if, if I'm if I'm the Spurs and I do a deal with the Suns, two first is going to be in that conversation. That's so
0: even even if it's the number one pick in the lot, you know what I mean? Like I think you and I would agree that that becomes really superficial value. Like you're like, oh my god, it's the number one overall pick. But again, it's not the number one pick with the Simmons coming out of Lebron coming out. It's right. even though there's some depth here at the top of the draft. I, I I would say, I don't know, maybe Doncic is the is the one with the least question marks around him, sure. but. Um, yeah, I mean we're not we're not doing this in a year. We're in 2018. Even if Aiton yeah. is the presumed favorite out of Arizona, it's not like a once in a lifetime type of pick that no. you go, I, you
2: know. So and, and and by the way, then then it turns into that's also. So what is the second first? Is it two years from now? Is it three years from now? Is it like we can put it down the line, or maybe you negotiate down? What does the son say? Okay, I, I'm not going to give you another one of my first. Well, what if I go out and get a, another first somewhere else? So it's our right. first this year, and then a first. Somewhere else, and they're thinking to themselves, okay. I'm going to take T.J. Warren, and he's got a great, like, solid, flat contract. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, shop the hell out of him for a first round pick to some pick. come back and say, okay, it's it's Josh Jackson, it's our number one pick, which might be first overall or might be whatever. And I'm got you twenty something from somewhere else. How about now? And that's that's really the dance, right? The dance is all about the sweetening of the pot. Um, and obviously, San Antonio is having the same conversation. Different locations, so then they get to, you know, compare and contrast. So, so, so now I, I'm I'm RC. I just hung up on you, Ryan, Ryan McDonough, Ryan Ruffillo. But now, Ryan Ruffillo, you're calling us someone else. Who are you calling us?
0: Okay, I'm going to be uh, the Wizards, and we're going to Ooh, say, okay, okay, we got we got swept in the first round, and this doesn't work. It doesn't work. Wall isn't enough by itself. Beal isn't enough by itself. So I need Kawhi and some sweetener, and I'm going to give you my backcourt, and you figure it out. Nope.
2: Whoa, you going to give me both? Both. Ooh.
0: I'm trying to make this oh, entertaining.
2: Man. This is entertaining. Hold on now. This is, this, that might be more entertaining than the scenario that I think you're going to come up with uh, for the Lakers, because I've heard a Lakers one that, was, that blew my mind, and I was just like sold. But we, Wall and Beal, and they're under contract. And you know in San Antonio, free agents aren't exactly a given. The bigger thing becomes, you, 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 this is where, okay, the San Antonio way and the culture. Are these guys good cultural fit? From a value standpoint, man, that's really good. That's really good. Um, but from a cultural fit standpoint, I wonder if San Antonio would do it. I wonder if they wouldn't want one or the other, but not both because it's really hard to fairly large personalities fairly large, uh, personas to fit them into that. And they're coming in with that. that And they will clearly be the best two players on the team above even LaMarcus Aldridge.
1: Um, who also
2: isn't exactly the greatest embodiment of, of the Spurs culture. Uh, I'd have to think on that, but I'd be like, you know, uh, Ryan Grunfeld, uh, I'm calling you Ryan in all of these scenarios. <laughs> Ryan Grunfeld, ah, I, let me get back to you on that one. You've given me a lot to think about. That's we all, have some we'll calls to it. make, yeah.
0: Yeah, I could see Popovich right. or, or RC just going, wait, so the guys that don't get along there and you guys are kind of soft and lose yeah. games you shouldn't lose yeah. and now, now I'm gonna, I, you know, I think on the surface everybody, be, you're nuts. You should be offering one and filler, and not both. But you know, look, we're trying to, we're having fun here. All right, next one. If you're watching, by
2: the way, if you're Washington, that might be a, a sneaky genius way of. That's fingers. what I'm saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Like now, I don't have to deal with any of it. Um, yeah. and the thing is, I, I do from a talent. Like, I am not anti-wall. I'm not anti-Beal, but I think you have to be very realistic in who they are. I, I know I have what eight more minutes with you. I, I don't want to screw you up yeah, here.
2: Well, no. No, no, we're doing, we're good, we're, we're making good
0: time. Okay, all right. Next call, I am Bob Myers, a.k.a. Ryan Myers, the Golden State Warriors. We've Ooh. lost um, because we just, we just, we didn't have that switch. We lost that edge, so we're going to come back next year. We're going to be motivated, but I need to be good. I need to be just as good, but I need to be different. We need to shake this thing up a little bit. And I have what could be 140 million plus in payroll in two years for four players with Durant, Curry. Draymond, and Clay. if I have to sign all these guys. And this is kind of the underlying like, hey, the Golden State Jeff Van Gundy thing where he said they're going to win nine titles in a row. That's not true because they're going to have a serious financial decision to make at some point. So would you, if I just called and said, hey, and you're going to deal with this contract because he's only signed for one more year after this year, I'm going to just offer you Clay for Kawhi which would mean I'm probably going to do something different with a Draymond down the road. But I'm going to offer you Clay for Kawhi.
2: Uh, I, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna need more, and it's not, wow, and your more? Picks are not good enough for me. More and your picks are not good enough for me. No, um, I think that there, there's a huge gap between Clay and Quad. Um, and and I have a lot of respect for Clay. Great defensive player and an underrated offensive player. I think a lot of people think of him as very one dimensional, and he's not. I mean, he's the guy. He he is a legit 22, 23 a game scorer in this league. Uh, even on a team where he's the number one option, but I think if I'm San Antonio, um, I have to. I, it's, it doesn't matter if the reality is they're a lot closer uh, than uh, to each other than we think. The perception is that Kawhi is a much superior player, right? Kawhi is an MVP candidate, and I don't know if Clay would be an MVP candidate if you were on another team.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I used to think that way about Clay, but then I felt like he just became so much better at creating his own in the last couple of years. He, he um, is.
2: He is. I just don't know if it's, if it's to that level, right? But and, see, I think I'd be looking also, at this.
0: I'm sorry. I just, I think if I were the Spurs, I'd be going, okay, we have disgruntled Kawhi who kind of like injury or not is pissed about this situation. And if we can get on the blower with Clay and be like, Hey, do you want to be a spur? Do you want to be a spur for a bunch of years? You do? Okay. Done. Like, I think this is closer. I, I, I personally think it's well, closer, and obviously a sweetener here or there, but, you know.
2: Well, let me say this. Let me say this. If I'm RC and I just had the, the, the conversation with uh, Ryan Grumfeld that I had, I'm calling Ryan, Myer, Ryan, Myer, uh, yeah, Ryan Myers and saying, hey, uh, you know, I had another team offer me two superstars for him. So if you want to throw in Draymond in there, and I'll work on some pillar over here, we can get that conversation going. Draymond and Clay, okay, now, now we're in business.
0: I love this. I love how irresponsible we're being. Okay, I, I have two oh, more course, teams. Yeah. Okay. I have two more teams, and I don't think I'm going to do the Lakers one, so you may have to fill that one in yourself, okay? Oh, wow. oh, that's all, right. That's all hey, right. Let me do
2: it. Let me do it. Let me Go let, ahead. Yeah. yeah. A me- Magic Hassan, and I'm calling you <laughs> R.C. Buford. All right, so um, here's the deal. We like why He's a hometown guy. Um, San Diego. We obviously have... Yeah, we well, he's a hometown guy. He's from the LA area. He just went to school. In that's, San Diego. Right. That's, that's right. That's
0: right. He years. went to high school there. I'm, I'm just
2: I'm yeah. being a jerk. So, yeah. No, that's what you're supposed to do. That's so, right. I'm a
0: GM here. So, I'm like, well, he actually really connected with the San Diego community, but whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's where he goes in the off season, right? So, but here, here's here's right. Obviously, Brandon Ingram took huge steps this year. Obviously, Kyle Kuzma, the break, one of the breakout rookies this year offensively. Um, and, uh, heck, you know, our draft picks, maybe this year, not so much, but, you know, pretty, they're going to be pretty solid. Um, guess what? I know a lot of these teams are asking you to pick one or the other. I'm going to give you both here, Kuzma and Ingram, and the pick.
0: Man, I... I need more certainty. I'm sorry. It's kind of like the Phoenix thing there. Where you go, okay, maybe it's the number one pick and Josh Jackson. Like if I'm trading Kawhi, I need a guy that I know can come back and has shown it for years and is going to continue to play in this league at a high level for years. And Ingram may have taken that next step here. We all love what Kuzma was as as a totally overlooked guy. Like I'm starting to think the Chicago Combine's far more valuable. Some of my favorite guys have been really good players. Now Kuzma was great. T.J. McConnell at one point, I'm like, dude, why is why wouldn't he be in the pro-? Rashad Holmes, another sixer? Yeah. So the Chicago Combine yeah. side rant there more valuable than people realize. But I need somebody who's more proven than Kuz or Ingram.
2: Oh, you're killing me here. I did. All right. Okay. All right. What 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 you got? All right. Let's I, I like being our okay. team better. I'm not, Two more. I'm not good at being the other team. All you right. were really good as Magic. You told me
0: that you liked Kawhi, which I hadn't known prior to that.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> That's what Magic would do.
0: <laughs> okay. Here's the deal. LeBron and Windhorse, I'm glad somebody else did this because I had heard this now yeah. and, and alluded to it before. But that this is why LeBron's bags are not packed in Cleveland because the whole collective in Cleveland is hoping however the exit goes here is that there's a way to rework this thing on the fly and Cleveland keeps LeBron, but that would be love and a pick that right now is slated at eight. Who knows what happens to the lottery with that Nets pick, which is theirs obviously. So let's say it's pick. It's a pick in the six to eight range. I know it's love and mm-hmm. some sweetener. How quick are you hanging up on me if you're the Spurs?
2: Mm, I'm, I'm saying sorry, man. That's a conversation I have with Ryan Grunfeld and perhaps Ryan Myers, uh, that that is the least appealing package presented. Even more less appealing than the Suns one because beyond the positional conflict of having Aldridge and Kevin Love, um, it just it doesn't ring enough bells. That first round pick, while nice, is not as good as the Suns pick. And uh, you know, it, Suns. You know, as I said, I would tell the Suns to go out and give me another one somewhere. Um, I, I just I'm not. Uh, and that's not a knock on Kevin Love. I think it's more to do with his age, and then uh, you already have a guy at the four in Aldridge, and Aldridge doesn't really like playing the five and all, all those issues. And then defensively you have to ask what kind of drop are we taking here. Uh, it's just not enough, I don't think, uh, for me to to engage in. The only positive, if you're one of those people, is that you send them, out west, send them away from the west to the east. That makes me feel a little better. But I, I think I can do better with almost all the other packages.
0: Okay, last one here. This works out well because Brian uh, Colangelo. I say, look, you can't have Embiid, you can't have Simmons, but you can have Fultz and ask me about some other people.
2: Hmm. Okay, so, well, this is the least proven of everyone, right? At least well, I don't Cleveland know. Have you see those faults for, for an entire. I, yeah,
0: you, you didn't read the faults per thirty six to close out in garbage time of the regular yeah. season <laughs> article.
2: <laughs> hey, the fact that
0: he's even out there though and and engaged, like you I'm know, not trying to beat up absolutely. on the – This is great, but it's yeah. just it's also it's like it's a little too much, maybe. No, I mean,
2: well, because here's the thing: cause it's people, two different things. The, the faults, yeah, the full conversation is complicated. Is complicated by people who are inevitably always linking Jason Tatum to him. And, uh, you know, and you know, I get into this conversation with with, uh, with uh, Rachel Nichols all the time because she's like, oh, you never do a deal with Danny Ainge. Look what happened to Sixers. I'm like, I saw the kid in Summer League. He was fine. You, you can't tell me that Danny Ainge said, ah, three four months from now, he's going to have this weird injury that we've never seen in the sport that's going to have him psychologically traumatized. Like, that's not a Danny Ainge genius pick. It's literally... Something horrible happened to the kid, and obviously Jason Tatum played very really well. Um, but that doesn't take away from the talent of Fulton. So I'm a Fulton believer. I think he's gotten it past and he's going to continue to grow. Obviously, she's got a, a feeling a limit on how good he can be in Philly because you're playing behind uh, guys who are once in a generation players, and you may be just merely the best one of the best players in your draft class. Um, having said all that, if I'm San Antonio, yeah, that's that's too risky. I mean, it, it's 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 way too risky of a. Oh, I mean, uh, you're gonna have to throw a lot more, way more than Phoenix had to throw in, uh, for me to, to kind of get off my couch there. Because, uh, you know, uh, for for whatever it's worth, well, I'm well, telling I, you I, can I, have more. I'm telling you can have faults. You know, I mean, my own more, though. Everyone, every everyone else on that team is kind of like a right, like a, a decent you don't like who I mean, I think Saric is fine. I, I can't walk away with Fultz and Saric. I don't know. I, I, in a weird way, I'd rather, I'd rather have Kuzma and Ingram. I have a lot more wow. confidence All right. in, in their ability uh, uh, to fulfill potential. Not in, their, in the height of their potential. I think Sarge and, and Fultz have higher potential. But I have a lot more confidence in Ingram and, and, and Kuzma to fulfilling their potential. Um, and But at the same time, again, we're talking about, hey, we're sending them out, out of the conference. So that's, that'll help. That'll, you know, one headache off of our hands um, as opposed to building building a dynasty somewhere here. Because, of course, the whole Lakers scenario is all about get, if you trade for a quad and you just go out there and you can, you can get LeBron because now you say, hey, we already got a superstar here. We don't have to worry about what Paul George has to do.
0: I love this game. By
2: the way, um, by the way, the best part about this game is I play hardball on all these. I ask for more. I say that's not enough. I I, I low blow and, and bash all of these guys that, that you know that I like. I'm like ah, that's not enough and all that. And while I play hard to get, Paul George gets traded for Victor Oladipo and uh, and uh, De, De, uh, Demonte Thomas. Just it's go with Thomas. You can't. Yeah. you just you can't you can't predict these things. And and I know Oladipo's balling out of control, but. You're a damn liar! If you think Indiana's out there, like we can get an All NBA player out of the deal?
0: No, I wow, I liked favorite? the deal a little bit better. I liked it a little bit better than everybody else, and I got killed the night when the trade happened. I had teams making fun of me for tweeting out like, "Hey, it's not that terrible," because and then it, it you is know,
2: because it's it's because it's about expectation, right? The right. idea is that and he's Paul's way Google better. Available. Yeah, we didn't know
0: this. Well, it's not even he's a, been it's unbelievable.
2: Not better. It's not even that he's way better. It's just the idea that Paul George is available. Man, there's a good twenty teams that should be like, Hey, we need this guy. And this is what and you can't it's just hard to imagine that if you're if you're a front office and you're fielding these calls and assuming you're leveraging one call against the other and you walk away and say, We got all the like you can't walk away with the Corolla, even if you the Corolla has hundreds of gold bricks in the trunk. It's still a Corolla, like you could have you could've probably pulled all the depot without giving up Paul George. to be honest with you, the way he played last year. So it just is it's in that way. That's where where the dissonance is, I
0: think. Okay, but see, like people looked at Oladipo. Not hey, he signed. It was oh my god, look at that contract. Like yeah. I had two GMs go, what are you nuts? Like look at that deal. This is yeah. terrible. Um, and and I was kind of looking at it as from does Grunold star a year away from free agency? Like look at the history. It's not that the, the trade backs yeah. aren't that great. And so all of these scenarios that we just ran through. These are actually really good scenarios for somebody that's staring at a $219 million extension in Kauai. And I think what we're doing here is we're playing the game as if the team knows that they're going to be able to re-sign him because you can't be doing this unless you know, and that's where all the agents come in, you know? So whatever. Right.
2: And by the um, way, uh, some other examples to, to further prove that point, DeMarcus Cousins got traded for a bucket a buddy of... Chicken, healed. Right? <laughs> you know, no. Uh, I think the different, best example, slightly different rules
0: Cuz, but
2: yeah. I mean, it's still it's still low. I mean, even with all it's Ole still low. Saying, yeah, I'm sure. You, you can get better, than, but like you sit here and tell me Buddy Hill's the best he did. Like I'm I'm sitting there and be like, nah. Then you need to just go ahead and hold on to him <laughs> and 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 let and let the risk ride. Um, but you know, the, I, I I think right now, like off the top of my head, obviously without doing a lot of homework, I think Darren Williams might be the best case scenario trade, right? where they went out and they got a pick and they got Derek Favors, yeah. You know, you know like Utah did really well for itself in selling selling early on on uh, on Darren Williams. But other than that, man, it's that history is not good.
0: No, look at Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's going to end up for Kyrie. They're going to end up with like a rotation guy in Nance, I guess you could argue, mm-hmm. or Clarkson or Hood. Yeah. But that's also be, and really, what you're ending hood, up with is. Not-
2: but he's not part of that. Oh, I guess he is
0: because Crowder. Because Crowder. I, you know, I'm guess I'm, yeah. I'm doing a collective, but even that is giving the, the Isaiah Kyrie trade too much credit for just assigning all three of those guys. Um, but right. what I would say is that ultimately, like, if Cleveland can't make a move for a big time player, because that pick is the starting point for any trade discussion they have, the Kyrie trade could end up being Colin Sexton. And Mm. I like them, but I mean, that's, that's when when you look at the Kyrie thing, you go, dude, you, you you had to do a little bit better, but the rules are different. And then the timing of that one was different. We're talking after free agency. We're, we're months removed or almost two months removed from the draft. Uh, you know, that was, it's, it's, it's really weird. So I, I think some of the scenarios we laid out here, if Kawhi has said, Hey, I'm not coming back. I am done with the Spurs. These are actually pretty good returns compared to other teams. So,
2: yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: All right, my man. I know you're going to run. I really appreciate doing this, and uh, let's check in again soon. All right.
2: Definitely. Thanks a lot, right. Ryan.